Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. That was a mission, that really was. And, uh, and I remember he would wake me up in the mornings, early in the morning. Mary Lynn, Mary Lynn, do you want to come and spend some time with me? And I'd just go, yeah. And I'd get up and I would just I'd get dressed quickly because we slept in dormitories in those days. And there would be like, there was, it was like 40 girls in one big section and another 20 out on a veranda. It was packed. It was just packed to the gills. And most of these girls were from country, regional Queensland and some from Papua New Guinea and other outlying areas and islands. And, you know, I would, the nuns would just let us get up and we could just walk out without permission. You could walk out without a slip of letting anybody know where you were going if you were going to Mass. <laughs> And so I, that was a really big enticement for me. It was just my little bit of freedom. And I would just, I'd get up and, and uh, I had a little pocket New Testament and I kept it with me everywhere. And, and, uh, and I would just follow the nuns, they'd walk off and I'd just walk at my own pace and I'd, and I'd look around at creation and it, it just spoke volumes to me. It always has. Every time I look at the ocean, I just think, God made that for us. He made animals just for fun, just for our enjoyment. He had, it just, beautiful. It just blows me away. Even at my age, it still blows me away. I've never gotten over creation. It's magnificent. And, and I would remember how, I remember how my heart would just beat fast when I felt his presence and, and, I, and when he come over me with his Holy Spirit, I just felt this incredible, I was reminded of all these firsts and, and I felt his call to be all in, in my heart, in my affections and the surrender of my will. And it's, it's interesting at each point of my life, and I know it'll be the same for you, think back. But just for a moment, I just, I was thinking back over my life, four times, we do you want to spend some time with me? It was like my first love. And then my first car at 17, my dad was a mechanic and I mean, I was the one under the trucks and passing all the wrong spanners and things. Like I got an appreciation for cars and I would park my car on an angle so I could admire it from where I was working and you know if anything got on it I was I was a bit you know a bit obsessed with this car and 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 I really felt one day the Lord say to me I'm I jealously love you and I'm not going to share you with anything and you know come on it's just a car and uh, and I remember having to just say oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I've got this a little bit out of proportion. And then I remember my first relationship, serious relationship, was with Ross. And when I met him, I just knew. <laughs> I knew he was the one. I mean, I gave him a bit of a hard time, but I did. I knew in here that he was the one. <laughs> and uh, it took us a while to get there, but uh, mind you, we, was, we were young, you know. But anyway... I, I remember, and then when we got married, I just thought, you know, this is just so good. This is just amazing. I found my soulmate. I've this incredible love, and it almost seemed a, bit, a little bit too good to be true. And but I wanted to get from him. I was trying to get from him. I lost my dad at at sixteen, and 
and my family split up and there was a lot of, that was why I was in boarding school in the first place, and there was a lot of opportunity for insecurity and, and I was trying to get from him what only God could give. And I know we, do, we can do that. When you find someone, you can suck them dry if you're not careful, you know, in your, in your dysfunction. Being able to surrender that, that dysfunction to God and say, God, I, only you, no man, no woman can give you what God can only do, can fulfill your soul, to the, of, this, of your soul. And, and, and to try to expect that from a love relationship, no matter how good that is, is, is just dooming yourself to failure because nobody can do that for you. Only God can really fill your spirit. You can have a one flesh relationship that, where, that as a believer in the covenant of marriage, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute, but, but it's, it is possible to have an extremely good love relationship, but only God can really fill that gap. And then in my 20s and 30s, it was our first home. Building our first home, and I've always had a thing about having home, I suppose, because when you are our home was sold and parents divorced and, and we just went from place to place and lived in a caravan and travelled and, like, I felt homeless. And even though my families that I visited had homes, I didn't feel like I had a home. And buying our first home and, and, then, and then building, a, having a family, it was, all my dreams were coming true and buying furniture and knew this and knew that. And again, this tug in my heart. Do you love me more than these? Do you really want this? Is this all that you want? And I'd say, no, Lord, no. No, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. And we built a beautiful home on the hills near Budrum. And, and it was gorgeous. And I just felt, I just get sucked into this. I could really just run with this materialism quite easily, quite nicely. I could get used to this. And again... God would say, come on, I'm your first love. I'm your first love. Come back. You don't need to sell your soul for this stuff. It's just stuff. <laughs> and you're going to leave it behind one day. And your home is in heaven. This is just temporary. We're just passing through. And then holding on too tightly as the children got older and they were getting bigger and uh, and they were, uh, you know, like teenagers and they're just gorgeous kids and just, you know, um, doing all sorts of things, the, the, the trying to hold on too tightly. Again, I had to trust him and let them go on their motorbikes. God help me. Let them go, do dangerous, stupid things and, and have their hearts broken and, and have their own children. But again being able to have him Lord over that area. And now in my 50s, and I'm having a big birthday this year. It's a bit, it's a bit of a secret. The big 6-0. I can't believe it. I can't believe it in October. And it's a privilege. It's an absolute honour to be able to live this long and to beyond. God's good and he's very, very faithful. And again, I've been... It's like um, the whole thing about building your dream home, the beach house, the, you know, this whole um, attraction that the world has of you. You can have it all. Again, God's call. And this is where I was at Planet Shakers. 
I was, that's, this is where I was seeing my life in stages and seasons and right up to this present moment. And then I felt that response. And I went forward out the front and I said, yes, Lord, I lay it all down again. Yes, I say yes again. Be the king of my heart. Be the king of my heart again. And, you know, we can be romanced by this world, but it will leave you cold. Be, let your romance be with Jesus. Let your heart and affection be with him. As he's the one that will truly satisfy. There's adrenaline rushes for guys, you know, that you can be wanting to be powerful and strong. And, and for women, sometimes our escape is, is in a fantasy and being the chosen one. Those, those silly programs like The Bachelor. Oh, I can never get that. You know, where women would do that to themselves to, you know, like it's just loser, loserville. But, but, you know, it's just that being the chosen one, the special one. You know, it's security for women and status for men. But you know that Jesus also was tempted in three areas. The very same things that you and I are tempted in every single day, and especially in the West. It's different in the East, but it's different in the West. And uh, turn with me to Luke 1 and verses 1 to 13. I'm going to read this from the Message Bible. It says, Now Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Holy Spirit into the wild. For 40 days of wilderness days and nights, he was tested by the devil, and he had nothing to eat during those days. And when his time was up, he was free. The devil played on his hunger, gave him the first test. Since you're God's son, command these stones to turn into a loaf of bread. And Jesus, quoting Deuteronomy, said, It takes more than bread to really live. The second test, he was led up and spread out all the kingdoms of the earth on display at once. The devil said to him, they're yours and all their splendor to serve your pleasure. I'm in charge of them all and I can, t and I can turn them over to whomever I wish. Worship me and they're yours, the whole works. Jesus refused with Deuteronomy. Worship the Lord your God and only the Lord your God. Serve him with absolute single-heartedness. For the third test, the devil took him up, took him to Jerusalem and put him, If you are God's son, jump. It's written, isn't it? That he has placed you in the care of angels to protect you and they will catch you so you won't even stub your toe on a rock. Yes, Jesus said. Yes, it's, but it's also written, don't you dare tempt the Lord your God. That completed the testing. The devil retreated temporarily, laying in wait for another opportunity. Jesus was the lust of the flesh, number two, the lust of the eyes, number three, the pride of life. And like I've mentioned in um, my, my, my own story, the lust of the flesh. These are our appetites. These are natural desires. The desire for food and water, a drink. The desire for shelter. Our sexual desires. Our desire to be loved and accepted. These are natural desires. But when you let them get out of control, when you let them get out of, out of proportion, they can become they can become so much different to what they should be. 
and it can take you and control you. The lust of the eyes. This talks about our coveting. Um, advertisement plays on this coveting. It talks about, um, you know, a car and a home and, and possessions. And in the West, we deal with this all the time. You, you, you're always being presented with an upgrade and the next thing and the newest thing. And, and I just one way of really being able to, um, to overcome this is to check your motivation for, for what you are really, what, what's, what's your motivation for wanting this and desiring this? And the pride of life talks about our um, success and fame, popularity and acceptance. Don't, and I just really encourage you tonight, don't sell your soul for these things. Don't sell your soul. Don't give your heart. Let him be the king of your heart over these things. The pride of life. Promotion comes from the Lord. And acceptance and popularity are only passing. But to have the king's heart, to know his favor and blessing, to surrender your will, you will find that there is incredible reward. I, um, I was just thinking about this this. One flesh relationship, you know, and people have asked us, we've been married 38 years, and there are times that people say, you know, and in love for 38 years, and they say, how do you do that? And we've had our plenty of our ups and downs and challenges with health and finance and raising three really <laughs> active children, and um, we've had our stretches, and in, in every way we've had We've, we've been tested in all sorts of things. And I really believe that the way that you, the way that you do this one flesh, you having, is a choice. You choose. You choose to be in love. You choose to say, having eyes and mind dedicated to the purity of one man to love. That you choose that every day. And you, you just, you make your, a good choice to start with and stick with it. And if you both do that, I realise that if you do that and the other person doesn't, you've got problems. <laughs> but when two people commit their lives to God and to each other, it works. Kingdom principles work. His kingdom principles work. And when you choose them, you choose him, the blessing comes. And it doesn't mean that it's, that it's a picnic without struggle you know, you've got to work at these things and you've got to weed the garden of your heart. When, and so good things. This was something that it's a simple illustration that, that we have. Heart is like a garden. You sow things in and you, and you also need to weed it. You need to let things go and, and not let, let things like bitterness and resentment build up and, and it causes unforgiveness and then you get a fence and once you're offended, it goes from, from, from hurt to um, bitter, unforgiveness, bitterness, offense. Once you're offended, it says that there's a root of bitterness that springs up and it defiles many. And that's what can ruin a good relationship, is that bitter root of offense. And, but this is where the kingdom principle comes in. We've been forgiven, so we learn to forgive. We learn to forgive and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I was wrong in what I said and what I did. I own it. 
Not just, sometimes you can say sorry and it's like a slap in the face. I'm sorry you were offended. You know, that's not an apology. I'm sorry if I hurt you. <sighs> Own it. I'm sorry I spoke da, 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 da. I'm sorry I spoke that. I'm sorry I didn't do that. Be specific. That's like taking the weeds out. And when you pray and presence Jesus, more seeds go in. What sort of seeds? Yes. And what happens when you sow good, good fruit? And not good fruit, it's multiplied. And some people's lives, it's multiplied a hundredfold. That's the reward. That's the blessing. You don't have to be incredibly intelligent or gifted or, you know, somebody, a VIP. <laughs> you don't have to be. It's just working with God. And these principles work. They work with you. And that's what gave me hope. It gives me hope. And seeing that, the fruit of that, the reward. Heaven is a great reward. It's not an escape from this life. Some people, you know, like Christians, I get a little worried. You know, I know I've spoken to some older folks that are, that are waiting, <laughs> waiting their day. All their friends and all their family have passed on. But, you know, they respect their life. It's a, life is a gift and it's sacred. Human life is a gift from God and it's precious. And it's not something that we can just take lightly or take away. It's not yours to end. Did you hear me? It's not yours to take away. Just like it's not yours to take someone else's life. It's a gift from God. And when you surrender your will to him, you live the full length of your day. In Proverbs 39, it says that all the days of my life were written in your book before I even drew breath. God knows how long you will live. I don't know. No one knows how long they will live. I was talking to Annie Gwen, 93. Her husband's been dead for 30 years or more. And she said, I never knew I would live this long. Who would have thought she's this tiny little thing who had piles of kids and heaps of troubles, <laughs> and here she is at 93, as healthy and as strong as ever. But every day, life is a reward. But heaven, heaven is the reward waiting on the other side. And it's God's, he rewards well. No eye has seen. No ear has heard, neither has it entered into our imagination or our thinking. The good things that God has in store for those that love him. I was reminded of that on Wednesday when, and when I was in, that, in that meeting in Planet Shakers. And I began to look and to see and see that this, this earth and the creation is beautiful, but just wait and see. <laughs> I felt God say to me, just you wait. You can't even imagine how exceptional, how beautiful, and how wonderful what he's got in store for us. Matthew 6.33, this is one of our favorite scriptures, and it's one that we've based our life on. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you as well. Then the message, that, that um, version says that all these things be added to you. People who seek the way that he works, they fuss over these things. But you know God and you know how he works. Focus your life 
your God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard times come up when the time comes. Tonight, I want to spend a bit of time just seeking him and just get cash. Every single one of us needs to do this. And I was doing this on Wednesday and I continue to do this. We need to do this. We need to seek him. It's not just a one-off thing. It's not just a one prayer response. It, yes, your name gets written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But this is like a relationship. Like I was saying, it needs to be watered. It needs to be weeded. It needs to be sowed. Good seeds sown. We seek him. We learn to trust him through all the seasons and the stages of our life. And that will be tested too. Do we, how do we trust him and love him? Love him. Let him be your first love. Let him be the one you go to. Don't t- turn to another, another things. Or, or sometimes people turn to comfort, food, like we we're talking about our appetites. Because these things have a, have a temporary satisfaction. You know, some people eat for comfort. Some people um, buy things. Some people take substances to escape. Others, you know, they, things more social acceptable like shopping, you know. They will feel these appetites with things that are not godly and they don't have a lasting reward. Seek him. Seek him first. Give him first place in your heart. Excuse me. <coughs> I think I sung myself hoarse. (coughs) Make him the king of your heart. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 in the Amplified. All that God has prepared for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, who obey him, who are grateful, recognize the benefits that he has given or bestowed upon him. Again, just as we come to the this time, I really want to, you to look, just to, to give him your heart afresh tonight, to make time, to make room for him, to trust him, to love him, to serve him. Proverbs 3 and verse 5 and 6, it says, Trust in and rely confidently upon the Lord with all of your heart. Do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him, and he will make your path straight and smooth, removing the obstacles that block your way. Worship him. His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We seek him first. Tonight, I love that, that bit in that scripture where Jesus was answering Satan, when Satan was, was tempting him with what, whatever this world has to offer. And he said, serve him with absolute single-heartedness. To have an undivided heart, it's a choice. As I said, how do you stay in love with one person all your life? It's a choice. 
and you follow that choice with action. You follow it with prayer and you make good decisions and you stick to them. It's the same in your Christian walk. You make a decision to follow him. You make a choice to say, that's not for me. It might be okay for others, but that will take me right, that takes my heart away from him. Could I have the band and the worship team up, please? Make a choice tonight just to put him first, to have him as your first love, the king of your heart. Surrender. It's not a word that it sounds like a, like a defeat, but it's, and when it comes to your heart to God, it's a winning thing to do. To surrender your heart to God is a beautiful thing. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. 